Ah, can you smell it? The the fumes are in the air. Ah, fumes. The, it's a great smell. It smells like fall, and you can feel it now. We've had some rainy weather. We've had the temperatures dip a little bit. You know that fall is here. And, well, the pumpkin beer has been everywhere. The pumpkin spice <laughs> has been everywhere now for about a month. But, but really, fall is here, which means we should start to get ready for winter in this area, although I'm not quite sure what we need to do in the fall. Hey, let's build it on radio.com with Corey Heppela and from Lindus Construction, Andy Lindus. I do love that smell. It does have a different feel to it. You can tell it's football season, but I assume we have something that we should be doing with our homes, Andy. Andy Lindus here. What, what should we be doing? Yeah, you know, uh, I love fall as much as the next guy, but uh, every time I see those leaves starting to change colors, I know what's around the corner, and that's winter. And trust me, uh, the fall and the winterizing of your home, the fall maintenance checklist is much easier done when it's, you know, 40 to 60 degrees out. And then when all of a sudden, you know, it's zero degrees and it's the first part of December and you put it off and put it off. So there's some things that you can do to make sure your house is going to perform its best in the wintertime. I'm glad you said that, too, because being proactive, lots of times I get caught up in that, too, where it's like late November and I'm like, oh, my God, I forgot to do this. I need to be doing this or that. And then by then the weather is really turned. So it is good to be proactive. What's on your list? What should we do right away here in September? Well, the first thing that always comes to mind when we're talking about winter of a house is your heating. And whether you have a boiler or a furnace, there's things that you need to do to that on an annual basis to make sure that it's going to perform the way it's supposed to, not only to make your house the most efficient that it possibly can be, but also to be safe because a third of almost a third of all structure fires are caused by the heating system. And most of those can be prevented due to annual maintenance or semi-annual maintenance when it comes to any of the high efficiency furnaces. Um, I always say September because if you wait until December when you do this, the heating guys are always backed up. They might not be able to get out there right away. Right now, you're going to be able to get a hold of them. They're going to get out, do the half-day service. It's usually under $300. They're going to change your filter and and check everything that there is about the furnace. For me, $300 a year, it's worth spending. I know some people say you only have to do it every three years when when you're coming to a gas-operated furnace, but for me, it's $300 well spent and a boiler that needs annual maintenance they need to be cleaned out every year i know uh not a lot of people have boilers but i run into them enough that it's worth mentioning that if you have a boiler get it cleaned if you do call them in september and you're able to get them over they're not gonna look at you weird they're not gonna think it's too early are they no they're gonna be so happy because half of their customers are calling them when something's already broken you know, and, and if you're one of those people that are proactive and actually taking care of your home and is trying to make sure that when you do need the heat, it's going to work. No, they, they enjoy that. They'd, they'd much rather string out all of this work throughout the entire year than have to do 12 months of work in December. Yeah. Well, if you have trees in your yard, you know, the leaves are blowing everywhere. What about gutters, too? I know leaves can get in the gutters. But then is there anything that we need to be doing in terms of gutter maintenance before winter uh, uh, arrives? 
Yeah, uh, on your home's exterior as a whole, you want to do a complete inspection. When I say complete inspection, it's yes, make sure your gutters are free and clear of debris. If you have oak trees, you might want to double check that again in November because those oak trees, for whatever reason, seem to hang onto their leaves uh, as long as any tree does. And sometimes they don't drop until January. And if you got junk in your gutters and an ice dam happens, it's just a, a recipe for disaster. But take a look at the entire exterior of your home. Any crack caulking, any paint that's missing. Um, if you're not comfortable getting up on your roof, uh, get a pair of binoculars, borrow, borrow them from somebody, get a, where you can inspect the entire slope with your binoculars and look for anything that's loose or anything that looks out of place. And if it is, get a professional involved to make sure that that is taken care of because sometimes those little flashings and the caulking, things like that, where water can intrude or air can intrude, that's going to lead to big problems in January. If you're if you do get those binoculars, are you going to be able to know what you're looking for? Or is it going to stand out or do you need to be a professional to, to identify that? Um, you know, some things, you know, it helps to, if you have a professional doing an annual inspection on, on your house, if you're worried about that. But what I what I notice is pretty obvious. Usually a loose shingle is going to look different than the rest of your shingles. A piece of flashing that's missing is going to look out of place. So if it looks out of place, ask more questions. And if you don't know, get somebody involved that does. And be careful. We talked about this in a previous episode, but be careful if you're getting up on a ladder. Yeah, that's why uh, if you're not comfortable with it, the, the binoculars are uh, an easy way to do a, an inspection of, of hard to reach places. OK, what else? What about are there any tools, uh, you know, anything that we need to be doing outside to prepare ourselves as fall is here and now we're looking towards the winter? Yeah. Uh, any of your gas operated tools that you're using uh, in the summertime that you're not going to use uh, in the winter, uh, I would, there's a winterizing process for all of them. In most of those directions you can find on YouTube at the very least, try to burn through that gas as much as you can. That ethanol, if you leave it in that machine throughout the entire winter, you're going to have a hard time starting it a lot of times in the spring when you want to use it again. So again, you're talking about a, a 20 minute project when you know, I got five, six things operated by gas that I'm not going to use again yet this winter. It's going to take me 20 minutes to winterize them. And by doing that, when I go to use them in the spring, they're going to start. I'm not going to have to bring it to a small engine shop and get anything degummed or deethanol. So you just fire it up and that's it. You just use it all up. Yeah, you know, there's uh, fogging on some of the two-cycle things that you have to do and most of uh, the maintenance you can find in the, in the instruction manual, depending on what you use. But at the very least, get rid of all of the gas in there. Don't leave gas sitting in it throughout the entire winter. And maybe just run some seafoam uh, through through that on that last uh, tank of gas to help 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 matters long. I, I always do that. And to be honest with you, I haven't brought my stuff to a small engines guy, knock on wood, in, in a couple of years now. Where does fall rank in terms of your seasons? Does it rank one, two, three, or four? Oh, it's got to be my favorite. Uh, you know, I, uh, I'm a gutter guy by trade. I do leaf guard gutter. So the leaf starts falling, falling in the fall and uh, my stuff performs. People are calling me. Plus, I, uh, I like this weather. I like the Christmas. I like the harvest. I like seeing the farmers out. Uh, I mean, the, the produce that we get and, and everything. It's just a, it's a great time of year. And for us, on, when it comes to working outside, you can't beat 50 to 70 degree weather, Corey. I mean, that's just perfect to be outside. It's not too hot. It's not too cold. Things aren't, aren't freezing up on you. It's not getting too hot. Like caulking, you know, at points in the year would get too warm. You try to apply it on a wall and it'd just go everywhere. So there's a, it's, I know it's hard to use the word perfect, but I think this is perfect outside right now.
And lastly, where does pumpkin beer rank for you? Are, are you okay with it? Yes or no? I'm I'm okay with it because my wife enjoys it. But for me personally, I uh, it's, there's a lot of other beers that <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go to before uh, pumpkins involved. Hey, uh, Corey, one last thing on your home, and this is important mm-hmm. because, like I said, you know, a third of all structure fires are caused by heating. Your smoke detectors and your carbon monoxide detectors make sure they're checked, tested, and, and used. I, I know way too many people that have ran into issues with not having having those, or because they had them, they their lives were saved. A, a guy we work with uh, every day, uh, Daniel Long. His life was saved because he had the proper things in, in his house to alarm him and get him and his family out. And, and, and thank goodness. Yeah. Always a good, good reminder. And then of course, too, even changing the batteries and, and whatnot, when it comes around to uh, fallback time here in October, there's also something too, Andy, that I want to get your opinion on. Hey, here's health. One question I've always had when I look at my windows I mean, right now I'm looking out a window right now. It seems fine to me, but how would I know if, if I've got a window that needs to be replaced? Well, there's always some telltale signs uh, on older windows. If your house is older than 20 years and these are the original windows, I would look for things like uh, fogging up between the glass, uh, caulking that has started to pull loose. If you have any type of aluminum cladding on the outside, check to see that if it's loose or not. And if it's loose, chances are the wood behind it might be rotten. Um, any, If you have regular wood windows, any discoloration that's happening on the wood can be due to condensation. That condensation may be occurring because that window isn't insulating your house as well as it should. It's it's a colder edge than it should be. That's why that condensation's there. Warm air meets that cold cold edge. Condensation happens and it starts to eat away at your stain. And if you don't address that, it can actually start to rot out your wood. It's it's one of those things that as you start to notice it, the faster you address it, the better off you're going to be. If you leave it go, it, it can cause hundreds, even thousands of dollars worth of damage. So if one is, is a window that needs to be replaced, if you have one that you know for sure, do all of them then need to be replaced? No, no. And that's usually not the case. It might be the case over the next five to 10 years that all of them start to go bad. But like, like for us, we're going to do a comprehensive inspection on, on all of your home. And we're going to have... We have tools that we can get inside walls and look. We have moisture meters that we're going to do. We have infrared imaging that's going to give us the exact temperatures of all the different building materials on your house so we can really tell what's failing and what's not failing. I can tell you this. um, uh, People replace windows all the time because they think they're drafty, Corey. And and I know uh, we'll be talking insulation maybe on the next episode, but chances are it's your insulation that's causing the draft, not the window. Just because you feel air moving in your house, that's something you're going to want to get inspected. People replace those windows all the time, and they're like, I still feel the air. Well, you're feeling the air because air is moving in your walls. So uh, here's a good test to really know if it's a window or not. Find an outlet somewhere on that same wall. as close to that window that you think is drafty. If you, if you feel air coming out of that outlet, it's not the window. It's your attic and, and your rim that need to be addressed. So, and, and that can save you, you know, a window job on an average house in the Twin Cities is going to be twenty dollars to $25,000 for all new windows and doors. Mm-hmm. And an insulation job is going to be anywhere from three dollars to $7,000. So, just having that one little tidbit might save you, you know, $20,000, Corey. We've got to be hard on windows here considering the extreme elements that we get in terms of the, the cold in the winter and then the the extreme heat sometimes in july 
yeah, we're, we're hard on everything. Yeah. When, when you when you go from 105 degrees to maybe 40 below uh, in a in a six month time frame, it's uh it's not easy to have the right building materials. But uh, we have some really good uh, building manufacturers up here that know how to build this for the up north, and 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 you do need to take a look at that because uh, I have offices uh, in the southern part of the United States solar heat gain on windows isn't something that they really care about they don't mm -hmm. want that solar heat gain we do that's why the coatings that are put on the windows that we put in the north actually has an element to it that the lower the sun gets in the horizon like it does for us in the winter time the more solar heat gain that's going to happen hmm. the higher it gets in the horizon the more it's going to reflect so in the summertime it keeps you cool in the winter time it actually helps warm up your house i have one window in my house that just won't fail it's completely clear glass. It doesn't leak air. It, it won't do anything. I won't replace it because it's in a bathroom in my home. And if that door is closed and it's January, that room's going to be 30 degrees warmer, it feels like, when you walk into it because of the solar heat gain. It's self-facing. And, you know, it's a 25-year-old vinyl window we're yep. testing. And uh, it's not a great window by any stretch of the imagination. It does not look good, but I like that room. And uh, I like to see how how long things can actually go until they fail aesthetically it's not pleasing but it's not failing well on that note is there anything that you can do to help your windows to make sure that they they just last longer or is it just that hey look you know after 20 years that's just the way it is there's really nothing you can do yeah, with a wood window, it can be just making sure that the finish is staying up and that you're going to refinish them if that finish actually starts to pull loose. Any type of caulking on the outside along that cladding, if that starts to fail and water gets in there, that's going to cause that window to go away. But if you were able to get to that caulking before it fails and fix it before any water gets in there, you might add 10, 15 years onto your, onto your windows. Again, we're talking about a twenty dollars to $25,000 project. And, and windows made 20 years ago, if it's a higher-end window, it's worth saving. It really is. Yeah. Well, that actually got me thinking about this, too. Hey, here's a heads up. Look, I'm all about being proactive with the house and maintaining the house, keeping the house in good condition so that we don't, you know, rush certain projects or, or need to fix things without, you know, taking care of it properly the first time. Is there anything that are there any ways that we can inadvertently cause items to, to, you know, maybe fail prematurely. And I, I guess I'm thinking outside the house, you know, maybe, maybe siding. Is there anything that we can do that we are causing more damage on our houses or anything that we are doing? Oh, yeah. Um, lawnmowers and weed whips cause all sorts of damage to the bottom edge of the siding when people aren't care careful with them. But the, the number one tool that I see people using that's causing damage is the pressure washer. For, for whatever reason, some people, we just don't test it enough. And if your paint starts to peel off, we don't address it. So if you pressure wash your house, which I do every year, but I'm careful. And, and if I have any paint that comes off, I'm going to address it. So say you have wood siding and you clean off your whole house, pressure wash it, and some of that paint comes off and you don't address it. Now water gets in there or caulking comes off with the pressure washer and you don't address it. And then water gets in there or you hit a piece of flashing that comes loose and then water air can get in there and you don't address it. So it's not just about cleaning your house. If, if something looks loose and out of place or you took it off with a little bit too much pressure with the pressure washer, 
fix it before it becomes a problem because even the smallest crack can lead to a lot of money to fix down the road. I've, I've had siding projects, Corey, that I'm replacing. And once we get into them, it can cause five, ten, fifteen thousand dollars $15,000 worth of damage all the way down to the foundation if water gets in there and it's left unaddressed. It's, it's amazing. And I, I have spots in my house like this. I know. There's two areas of my home I probably haven't looked in since last winter, and and everyone has that that spot of the house. So you just don't if you don't see it, you don't know. But so just if you if you notice it and you're and you're using the tool in an improper way and it's broken, fix it before it becomes a problem. I used to do that with my car. If uh, I heard a funny noise, it's like just turn the radio up a little bit louder. I didn't, yeah. <laughs> Hey, I didn't hear it. I don't need to address it. That's yeah. not uh-huh. really a, a good way to live life. But, uh, what about our, our roofing? You, you, we talked about, all right, you know, if there's any shingles, taking the binoculars, looking all the way around the house, but is there things that we could do or maybe avoid so that we don't prematurely age these, these things yeah. on our roof and then shingles? Don't try to remove an ice dam yourself ever mm. remove the snow snow raking even that can be hard on shingles just think of this the granules on your shingles that's what protects it from the sun that's your uv protection it reflects the sun keeps away from the asphalt so the more of those you remove the the, the less life your shingles are going to have and i've seen people up there with hatchets chisels trying to get the ice dams out of there just not a good way we have specialized steamers that we will bring up on roofs in those scenario to remove that ice dam or at least cut channels in the ice dam for the water to get behind it. People got to remember, it's, it's not the ice dam. That's it's usually the ice that's causing the problem. It's all the water that that ice is holding back up on the roof. So if you can just find a way to channel that water out and maybe address the true problem there, it's going to help. But I, I tell you, I bet you come February, March, April, we'll be on 40 to 50 roofs trying to repair them because people have uh, attacked ice dams with uh, tools that shouldn't be used on asphalt shingles. And it's dangerous to one, get up on the roof when there's ice up there and there's snow up there and then, then to t- take a chisel. <laughs> That's living life dangerously. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, when, when you, it's, it's the middle of the night and water's leaking into your house. Um, you do some things that are maybe out of character uh, than normal when it's that cold out, you're just trying to get the water to stop. It's like a Clark Griswold thing. <laughs> exactly. Hey, here's a pointer. All right. Here's something I do every fall in any vehicle that's going to be stored and my attic space. I live out in the, the country and for whatever reason, red squirrels and squirrels and other rodents like to make their way into my living spaces in uh, this time of year, whether they're hiding acorns or whatever. But what I do, I don't go out and buy any special poison or anything. I take an old T-shirt that I'm not going to use anymore. And I make my wife give me her peppermint essential oil. And I put that all over that t-shirt and that's what I put into my attic and into any space that I've had rodent problems for whatever reason, that peppermint smell keeps them out. And I've had, I had to reinsulate my entire attic once because of a crazy red squirrel that got his way in there. And I'm never going to deal with that again. It was a winner. It was me versus the red squirrel for like a month, Corey. And the red squirrel, he, he got the better of me. And uh, eventually he left. I just, I, we put traps up. We did everything. And I just could never get him. And he caused some damage. So never again, peppermint t-shirts is what I do to make sure that doesn't happen. That's brilliant. Is there, are they... Are they protected? Like, could you, if if you could, could you shoot them? Can you shoot the oh, yeah. squirrels? 
Okay, yes. okay. It's not illegal to do that. And but when my wife sees me loading a shotgun inside the house after red squirrel, <laughs> geez, some red flags go up. So I uh, the live traps is what uh, what we use. But that little sucker, he avoided them. And uh, I had one a cabin. It chewed through a metal ridge cap and then the plastic put a hole in the ridge like this a red squirrel right chewed right through it and and again caused a lot of damage so yeah a little bit of peppermint goes a long way they are they are pests i know that growing up uh uh you know growing up in perm i know that too those red squirrels andy this was great stuff i feel ready now for fall and winter thanks yep no problem 